I'm Elizabeth Holmes, and this is The Radiant Badass, a podcast that's fueled by my passion for water cooler conversations in a virtual world. I'm going to talk about the seemingly lighthearted Mother's Day holiday that is almost upon us. And I have to laugh because my experience with that holiday is anything but lighthearted. When you have a complicated relationship with your maternal figure, and complicated is the euphemism I use when talking about what was, in truth, a pretty shitty relationship with my mom. Mother's Day can hurt. Society wants all of us to tell the story of that unconditional mother's love, the whole, my mom's my biggest fan vibe, and that's not my story. And maybe it's not your story either. I always thought Hallmark should do a line of like a, yeah, you're my mom, Mother's Day cards, so you could simply acknowledge the role without weighing in on how well she played it. But for years, I went through the motions on Mother's Day. Well, some years I did blow it off, but it wasn't news to my mom how I felt, and sometimes the hypocrisy just choked me. So for sure, I was in favor of canceling the holiday for a long time. I figured if you loved your mom, you shouldn't just celebrate her once a year. And if you were somewhere on the complicated spectrum, You shouldn't be subjected to the field of emotional landmines associated with the holiday. But we are all multifaceted jewels, aren't we? And after I had kids of my own, I thought the holiday wasn't such a bad idea. Little footprint cards and homemade cards and oh my God, kill me now because they were so freaking cute. Bringing me little buffets of different cereals. I mean, I have so many good memories of Mother's Day. But I still had big issues with my own mom and was determined to not make the same mistakes she made with me. For me, that involved reading every book on parenting I ever even heard about, which I think helped since it exposed me to other ways of doing things and how emotionally mature people behaved. And it was interesting to note that the silent treatment should not be your go-to response when you get mad at your kid, which was news to me. I have really, really, really worked hard on doing the opposite of what my mom, or to be fair, really both of my parents did. And what that has involved is allowing my kids to be their own individual selves and not treating them as accessories, but understanding that they had their own feelings, emotions, and even their physical sensations were valid. I'm sure for some of you that sounds super basic, but for those of you raised by parents like mine, it was pretty novel. So I just cruised along trying to raise my kids as best I could, and maintaining a cordial, if somewhat distant, relationship with my mom. I do have to say that she was very different with my kids, and once they were old enough for her to find them entertaining, she was very interested in spending time with them and being involved in their lives. But our relationship was always strained. Then in 2013, she died after a fairly brief bout with breast cancer, and I expected to just be sad for a minute and then carry on with my life. It wasn't like I lost my biggest fan, right? (laughs) It turns out maternal relationships are foundational to people's mental and emotional health. Surprise. And in many ways, our relationship is better since she died. There are no fresh hurts. But I was blindsided by the amount of grief I experienced. And I continue to experience. I grieve her as she was. And I grieve the mother I wish she was. Kind of the really fucked up thing is that her inability to be the mom I needed led me to take my parenting so seriously. Like, 
so seriously. <laughs> I treat parenting as a verb. It's a very active thing for me. And the result is I'm a much better mom because I had a shitty one. Go fucking figure. But I didn't set out on this episode to be the bummer drummer of the holiday. And I know so many people really do get into it. And as a mom myself, I appreciate getting the flowers while I'm here. So on a lighter note, I felt like highlighting a few moms I admire. Fictional, celebrity, real. It's a mix. But first, I wanted to shout out to a few of the women in my circle who I watch and I learn things from. And I see you, ladies. So I want to do a brief shout out to Elisa, Brenda, Christine, who is a brand new mama and is killing it. Lisa, Jordan, Kelly, Stacy, Kate, Nikki, Linda, Lee, Jill, Monica, Pam, Laura, Nicole, and Sarah. I'm sure I missed a couple of you, but you get the idea. Now, here are some real, some fictional, all moms who admire how they are moving in the world. I'm going to kick it off with Beverly Goldberg from the sitcoms The Goldberg. And fuck it, fight me on this one. If you don't watch the show, it's loosely based on the life of the creator, one Adam F. Goldberg, and his experiences growing up in the 80s. Beverly is the original smother, a smothering mother. And while she is excessive in her protection and promotion of her kids, it is a sitcom for God's sake, and it would hardly be entertaining if she did half-assed interventions. But I dig her vibe. I understand her compulsion to keep her schmooze safe and within her orbit. She even calls them her schmooze, which is a word I've used with my kids from the jump. Part of this show, what appeals to me is that when society was relentlessly marketing me to be a parent, prior to joining this club, not one single person mentioned the grief associated with their kids growing up and leaving the nest. All I heard about was what assholes kids were as teens and how great it was for them to get out of the house. And I mean, I got a suitcase for my 18th birthday, so I understood where that was coming from. But I feel like I got tricked into getting really invested in the storylines of these two stellar humans that are my offspring. And now that the best thing that I can do for them is to let them go live their lives. What the fuck with that? That hardly seems fair. And Bevy makes me feel a little less insane for all the crazy mom shit I feel compelled to do. But since I'm not a character on a sitcom, it wouldn't be nearly half as funny if I did it. It would be pathological. But her struggle with letting her kids grow up is real. It is really hard. My kids do call me Beverly sometimes. And it's mostly when my eyes darken at the idea of someone or something causing pain in one of my offspring. And I start to mentally plot revenge. And they can see it. And they call me out on my Beverliness. So I can just queue up an episode of the Goldbergs and Beverly gives me an outlet for that rage because Bev gets it. I also love Chrissy fucking Teigen. I just love everything about Chrissy Teigen. I love how she embraces her kids and how she celebrates their weird little things that are awesome when kids are little. That's like the best part. They're just fucking freaks. They have no filter and it's amazing and she celebrates it. I don't know how they're going to feel about it when they're teenagers, but that is a bridge she's going to cross. I'm not going to have to cross that. Also, she suffered a late miscarriage with her son, Jack, during core and was real and honest about it. And that just made me love her more. She modeled what millions of other women have also gone through and showed the world more than a highlight reel. And that is fucking the definition of badass. Dealing with that loss and including your kids in the grief process was moving to see on such a public stage. 
It was an actual meaningful use of social media. And I don't care if she's usually posting about reality TV and banana bread. The way she encouraged her kids to voice their feelings about Jack not coming home and creating a ritual around his passing is something I would love to see more of. Too many women are left with silence and shame when their own pregnancies end and miscarriage or stillbirth. So viva la Chrissy, a thousand percent. Number three is Jen Hatmaker. She's an author, blogger, speaker, fellow podcaster. She has five kids, which is a crazy number to me because two is pretty overwhelming, but she chronicles her adventures through all her various platforms. Jen was a darling in evangelical circles for quite a while until she started talking about her truth as it relates to evangelical hot buttons such as racism, homophobia, xenophobia, and the like. To be honest, I didn't know anything about her until her church kicked her to the curb and tried to erase her from their bookshelves. That piqued my interest, and that's when I picked up her story, and I've been an avid fan ever since. Jen and I are both Enneagram 3s, and the strength it took for her to not perform as people wanted her to is honestly breathtaking to me. There's deep wiring to make everyone around you happy. I can imagine the crushing weight of disappointing all those people and having them turn on you and say awful things about you. And doing it anyway is amazing. I love her voice. She writes with honesty about life with her big family. She happened to get a divorce during core, and that is rough. I mean, I felt for her. A long-term relationship expires in the middle of quarantine. But I've been impressed about how she's used her pain to be of service to her audience. She's been chronicling her journey to understand her finances and how she's setting up financial plans and other grown-up paperwork because apparently she left this to her husband. So you know there was some element of shady finance situation with her ex that kind of led to the divorce, but she never calls him out. And she's walking this line between being heartbroken and honest, but also with some privacy and protection. And I think that that's admirable. You know, I'm a gossip. I want all the hot goss. I want to know what went down in that marriage. It is none of my business. And I totally get that. I also love how she lets her kids be the star of their own lives. Her podcast has introduced me to many voices I wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise. She uses that platform as an expansive place as opposed to an exclusive club. And I really appreciate that. She has big mom energy and it extends past her kids. It just feels like she wants to be a mom to everyone. Another mom I totally dig is Valerie Bertinelli. And oh my God, this woman, like what a hard worker and what a resilient talent. In case you're too young to know her, she starred in multiple television series, does hosting duties on cooking shows, has her own cooking shows, special correspondent on morning shows, mother to Wolfgang Van Halen. When she married Eddie Van Halen in the 80s, I couldn't even be mad about it because she seemed so cool. And now I follow her and her son on Twitter. And her full-bodied support of her kid is so fun to watch. Wolfie is releasing new music into the world, and Valerie is there every step to cheerlead and swat his haters away. I am so in love with their mother-son dynamic they've got going. It's super teasing, and it just warms my sarcastic heart. It's beautiful. Plus, she is funny as shit. So that brings me to the last mom I wanted to highlight. And this woman isn't a celebrity or a character on a show. She was our neighbor across the street when I was born and our neighbor for several more years. And she likely provided more unpaid child care than was appropriate if I know my mom. 
We were all neighbors till we moved away from Oklahoma Drive. Her name was Jeannie, and she's the kind of hero mom that you run across every day. Everything about Jeannie was love with a wide streak of sass. She was one of the most caring people I'll ever know in my life. She loved her kids and her grandkids with everything she had, and she was so much fun. And she was a strong influence on how I approached motherhood. I'm just going to tell you one little story about Jeannie, if I may. I was hanging out with her one afternoon after a sleepover with her stepdaughter, April, who I was friends with. And we'd already dropped April off at her mom's house for the week or whatever custody arrangement thing. Anyway, and Jeannie and I were hanging out waiting for my parents to come pick me up. And the afternoon was kind of stretching on because it was the year the Trailblazers won the NBA championship and it was game day. So I don't know. My parents were somewhere watching the game. And Jeannie and I were sitting in her rec room watching the game too. Jeannie was shredding TV guides and Reader's Digest as the game entered its final quarter. And then we like freaked out and threw all the scraps around the room when they won. Like it was fantastic. So I know exactly where I was when the Blazers won the championship uh, one time. A while later, we were still waiting for my parents. And it had reached the point where even I, as a kid, knew that we'd passed the point of politeness and I was feeling embarrassed and forgotten. And Jeannie got me a glass of ice sweet tea and said, being the middle kid is really hard sometimes, isn't it? And fuck yeah, it is. And fuck yeah, that was an amazing thing to say to a kid who was feeling lost in the shuffle on game day. And it turned out Jeannie was a middle child herself. We chatted about it. And it was an important validation for me. And that's why she's one of my favorite moms. I'll close with this. Mothering is hard. Mothering is complex. This I know to be true. And I'll close with a quote from Jill Churchill that has been hanging on a bulletin board in my laundry room for just about as long as I've been a mom. It says, the most important thing she learned over the years was that there was no way to be a perfect mother and a million ways to be a good one. This is the Radiant Badass Podcast, and I'm Elizabeth Holmes. You can find me at radiantbadass.com or on Instagram at radiantbadass. If you want to continue this conversation, find me on Clubhouse at radiantbadass. Notice the pattern? Links to all the fun stuff we talked about in today's episode can be found on our show's notes page. Thanks for joining me, and thanks as always to my producer and creativity coach, Chris Martin.